0: All right, guys, we have a big-time podcast. We talk about the Wolves' big Game 1 win and what it means for their playoff hopes the rest of the way. Anthony Edwards making the jump to being a superstar and a lot of wild talk. Here we go, Nori's Podcast. we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys?
1: Oh, man.
2: Very positive week. Very positive. <laughs> you guys know how I'm doing. I've been on top of the world the last, like, you know, three, four days. This has been fantastic.
0: It has been a really sweet nice week in Minnesota sports, and we don't have a lot of those. So we will dive right into this one. But before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from get the Nordy's podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free.
2: Hell yeah. Thank you. So nice. All right, guys. What are you drinking tonight? All right. I'm over at Lupulin. You know, every year they do this uh, double dry hopped straight hash homie, right? It's a little owed to 420. It's very like dank, inspired. um, And it's really, really good. Like it's 7.7% and just has like just crazy resiny flavor. It's really awesome. So good work, Luplin. We know they're good, and they deliver it once again.
1: And that's, a, that's a, again, it's a throwback to like OG Nordy's Pod, Hair of the Dog, because that yeah. was one of the first beers where we were like, oh, my God, the sky is the limit for this yeah. beer. <laughs> um, they, they've been making it for many years. You're right, four years at least. I'm at uh, Modest. This is another iteration of the Liquid Crystals. This is El Dorado, Double Dry Hopped New England IPA. And, of course, it's fucking fantastic. I don't need to sing else. You love those ones, man. You love that series. Yep.
0: I am at Fair State, and I'm drinking their Serious Leisure Guava Beer. It is a guava lime and hibiscus sour. Built for those times, you need to get serious about not doing anything. Let me tell you, Fair State does the best sours, in my opinion. Okay. Because they don't ever overdo it. They, like, make it so delicious and drinkable without trying to be, like, flavor explosion in your face. And it's like too much, you know, like yeah, I got kind of tired out of some of the sours because they were just so extreme. And I think that modest has them so dialed in and so perfect. And this is a fair, great, state. I'm yeah. sorry, fair state. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think, it, I think it goes like fair state with the sours, a barrel theory with the Berliners black stack with the double dry hop, double, triple, quadruple IPAs. The hazies. And then, yeah. And then modest with like everything else. That's like kind of in between those ranges. Like Mata says a lot of things really well too. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. We're going to go to our starting lineup and we have to start with
0: go for basketball.
1: What? What? What?
0: Dawson Garcia, prior Lake, uh, all American who went to North Carolina is transferring to the U in the transfer portal. He played for North Carolina last year, averaged nine points and five and a half rebounds a game. He was a sophomore last year, so he'll have two years of eligibility as a junior going to his hometown Gophers. This is a guy who should have went to the Gophers right away, and he'd probably be, like, in the NBA draft right now. Um, But he's coming back in the transfer portal. This is the best high school recruit that we have had go to the Gophers. So I know this is a little weird how I'm saying this because he's coming from a college. But if you take where he was ranked in high school – he's the highest ranked high school recruit the Gophers have had since Chris Humphreys in 2003. Jesus.
2: How did, how did our guy Ben pull this off? I mean, um, it's, because, it's, it was very, well, I think it was more was of a product.
1: Surprised. I think it was more of a product of uh, the North Carolina coach uh, was like, well, we're only going to play six guys no matter what. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what they yeah. did throughout the entire tournament. So I think, he saw, I think he saw, yeah, I'm never going to be enough
0: here i want to play more i want to be a big piece of the team he probably goes to the gophers and is instantly one of their very best players an automatic starter a big minutes kind of guy playing in his hometown i do think the transfer transfer portal is is a good thing i can't believe i'm saying that because yeah. we've lost guys and we've lost good players to it and we will lose well, good wait till he has
1: wait till he averages 25 and 9 and then is like yeah i'm off to michigan and i, think, like, God, <laughs> damn it. I well, think
0: i know you got to go do... out of conference but I think you can only
1: do it one time too,
0: but I I don't know. I think overall it's kind of positive because it just keeps guys from just like dying on the bench of good teams that they were never made out for. So I think Mm -hmm. this is great. Dawson Garcia, excited to have him here. And uh, yeah, Ben Johnson, he he seems like he's like one of those guys who's like tied to AAU basketball in like a sketchy way. A thousand
1: percent. (laughs) One thousand percent. Like, we like that. We need that.
0: It doesn't feel that good, but it's what we need. So excited about it.
1: Hey, Hey, Eric, as long as they're not cheating on tests, right. Or homework. Yeah. yeah. Everything's kind of uh, the wild West in the NCAA, as much as they like to make it on the up and up. It's a, it's a wild West out there with shoe deals and companies and all that shit.
0: It really is. All right. uh, Next up, the twins. We're not going to talk much about the twins. We've spent weeks praising them and then they've got off to a pretty slow start this year. Um, The bats are not hitting, uh, I don't know. It's been kind of a, a bummer. The, what the are they bat- three
1: and six as of recording this? Three and six. Yep. No. Nope. I thought
0: they won today.
1: They did. Oh no, yeah,
2: four and six. You're right. Four okay. and six. All right. That does that somehow sounds a lot better. I'll give them
0: that. Yeah. I mean they're not they're not by any means like out of this thing. Yeah, they're four and six, um, two and a half games out of first place. It's not a big deal. There's a billion right. games in, in baseball. I will
1: say the starting pitching has been mostly pretty good. Uh it's yeah, been uh it's, it's been bad. the bullpen that's been a little bit bad.
0: And the bats, which they have the worst batting average, and the fewest hits through this many games in the history of the Twins. I mean, they've been... And ice then
1: we got to get to our, our yearly annual topic for all Minnesota Twins sports. Byron Buxton. Yeah. It's hurt again.
0: Byron Buxton, I do feel better games, about Byron Buxton being hurt now because he makes so little money. We signed him seven years, $14 million a year, which is, like we said last week, 40% of Carlos Correa and when healthy, he's like hundred. same doubt.
1: Like, yeah.
0: He's no, he's just better than Correa. He's probably 140% of Carlos Correa when healthy, but he's never healthy. So you just have to understand you're getting him at a discount deal for the next seven years. And he's just going to be hurt all the time.
1: It's going to be 90 games max.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you could, I would, I would say he's the most underpaid player in baseball if he could
1: get to 120 games in a season. 100 Couldn't agree more. And if, let's just say, if you had a magic wand and you could go back in time and be like, Byron Buxton will never get injured, he would probably go down as one of the top five greatest outfielders of all time in Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, he's just insanely talented, but he's always hurt. So we'll hope for good health. Uh, The good news was there was no structural damage, so they said he's out for a week or so. Um, so hopefully he's back sooner than later, but I think it's crazy. We got a few people that gave us some backlash because I said he should DH two times a week. And I really believe it. Like Byron Buxton's health is so critical to this team that I would be like, fuck it. We'll be bad at fielding today. But we, and also, I think
1: know. we made a really competent argument when we said that his bat in, let's just say, you know, like you said, 120 games. Is way more important than having his glove in those two games where, like, Jake Cave or you know, whoever, whoever's gonna play center field is like a notch below. You're not gaining that much in Buxton playing center field those two extra games per week versus like keeping him healthy for the duration of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that I don't, I don't, anybody outside of the Twins organization may not understand that, but I think most Twins fans would say, okay, that makes sense, we'd rather have his bat for yeah. most of the season than have his glove for a handful of more games because he's going to get hurt more often.
2: You are making an assumption, though, that he won't get hurt running the bases.
1: Which is what happened this <laughs> week, right? I mean, <laughs> he he did the Josh Donaldson yeah. where he, like, rips a double and it hurts himself, you know, and it's like, oh, Christ. You know, right. of course he did. So of course he I did. think you'd just, rather, you'd just rather take your chances that way yeah. than yeah. Have, it, have it be him, like, in – the ninth inning of a 10 run ball game crashing into the center field wall and dislocating his shoulder.
2: Yep.
0: All right. Uh, Also, um, Liverpool and Chelsea will meet each other in the FA cup final Your two teams duking it out for the oldest trophy in England. Maybe it's not, but it sounds right. Um, At Wembley stadium, it should be a fun matchup. Really exciting. It's cool to get two top level teams in the FA cup final every year. So, Looking forward to that one. Yeah,
2: what is uh, what does FA stand for? Football, football association. association. Oh, which okay. is like
0: the most cocky shit of all time,
2: because like yeah.
0: France is like FFF, the French Football Federation, and everyone's is their country, and then whatever. And England's is the FA, just the football. <laughs> like, well, it's
1: well been that way. It's like the like World 18... Series in baseball. You know, I get it. It's probably been that way in England since like 1890. It's just so. them being fucking cocky though and being like
0: we just we created football when sure. no one really knows if it's Brazil or England they
1: both claim it so whatever. Um, but yeah, this is the second domestic trophy final between our two clubs this season, Jim, which is kind yeah. of crazy. The, we got robbed of the last one. Hopefully that yeah. doesn't hopefully don't we don't get screwed
2: You kind the... of were that was a little sus. Um we'll see what happens this time, you know. I, uh, I I haven't been a fan long enough to, like, have heard these tournament names enough to care as much as I probably should. I'm always, like, looking forward to, okay, who's going to win the Premier League or who's going to win Champions League. And I'm, like, try to care about those these FAs and the Carabaos and whatever else. But, I, think, I think I think if you're yeah, ranking probably, them,
1: it goes right. Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup. Like, yeah. just domestically in England, I think. And then Carabao right before that. I think that, that, that the... F.A. Cup is a big deal if you're English. Yeah. Because
0: I'm sure that if you're English, sure. you probably grew up with the F.A. Cup as a big deal and, like, you really care about it and the rest of the world is kind of thinks of it as kind of a silly tournament. But I think in England and in Great Britain in general, like, that whole island, like, or islands, I guess, uh, it is a much bigger deal,
1: I think, than it is anywhere else.
2: Well, Whatever. imagine if... Beat if City imagine if, beat City to get in, so I'm happy already.
1: Imagine if Palace had beat... Chelsea just you know in in whatever fashion all of all of the talk would have been like well that's the magic of the FA Cup right you never know you know any any given sunday kind of thing you know and yeah. and they they were close but not quite a few years ago didn't Norwich City win the whole thing and they
0: got relegated and they won the FA Cup i think mm. it was they were like 20th or 19th and they won the whole thing so it is a cool tournament. There's 520 teams or something that are in it every year. So it is a really cool tournament that goes from all levels of, of soccer. Like there's literally like pub teams that are in it. And so right. it is.
1: Cool.
0: All right. Um, let's move on to our main topic. The main event. Uh, and that has to be the Timberwolves taking game one in Memphis. This is super exciting. Uh, the best part about this was that Memphis had a 16 free throw advantage in this game. And had fewer fouls, and the Wolves still were in control for probably 90% of this game. So Mm -hmm. it was definitely just a good performance by the Wolves. Their bench showed up. Um, Pounds was a beast in this game. And Edwards, like, might have leveled up into (laughs) something special.
2: yeah. That was awesome. Dude, I I feel bad. I hardly got to watch the game. I'm actually probably at some point going to watch it on replay. But I do want to thank everybody that came out to the through hemp party that happened to fall right over the game, including you guys. So I appreciate that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, what an amazing surprise. I did call and say – and I think, Ryan, you also picked the Wolves to to win, which, to be honest, felt a little homery at the time. Um, But – Look at that. I mean, the the bigger stars came through. The better team, I think, won, and I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm just fucking on top of the world over this.
1: Um, Just a couple quick uh, stats that are meaningless, but Anthony Edwards, plus 12. Towns, plus 16. Bev, plus 16. Russell, plus 12. Um, And then you go to the Grizzlies. uh, Jackson, minus 16. Brooks, minus 15. Adams minus 13, and that literally could have been minus 700 and I wouldn't have been surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ja Morant minus 16. So like our the majority of our starters outperformed the majority of theirs and it yep. wasn't even close. And that literally shows on the in the you know final tally with the 13 point lead. If you if you total all those up between the starters, probably about minus 13. so mm-hmm. uh, in favor of the wolves. so I'm, I'm very happy with their performance. Um, it was a little shoddy. I hope that they continue to play Stephen Adams for 25 minutes a game, and Carl just gets to run rough shot all over him. Um, He's getting so probably him. won't probably won't happen. But um, we well, don't I'm, want to play him. But tri- there, I mean, Triple J, who's
0: probably the number two defensive player in the league, had three fouls in the first quarter and then fouled out
1: and hardly played. And so they were forced. He to didn't play foul Adams. out. He only had five, but he fouled out. For I mean, sure. I'm looking at the stats. I'm still looking at the stats right now. He only fouled out. But he only had five fouls. Oh.
0: Huh. Hmm. Okay. Well, he was in horrible foul trouble the whole game. Um, he had uh, his fifth foul in the third quarter, so he didn't play very much. And he had seven blocks in very little time. So um, yeah. that won't happen every game. And he is a force on defense. And so it really let us kind of dominate the game inside. And so that's the one piece I would say is is probably not sustainable is that Triple J is not going to be in foul trouble every single game. Um, and he is a real force. I mean, he is just one of the best defensive bigs in the league. He's probably every bit as good as Rudy Gobert at this point. And so that was that's the only thing I would say that would be negative about the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a skill to get guys in foul trouble. And I think Cat really um, was
1: aggressive early in the game in a great way. Um and aggressive, aggressive to the point where I don't think he committed his first foul until the fourth quarter. Was that that is that right? Um, I'm not sure, but he there was
2: wasn't a those foul. big issues like looming over him where he starts to get these ticky yeah. fouls and then he gets frustrated, which begets more bad fouls and his basketball IQ seems to just dissolve away with his frustration. Um, he seemed really in control, which was great. And one thing you got to remember is like most of the people on our team don't have any playoff experience or very little, but Neither do the Grizzlies. They're pretty up and coming. I mean, they, you know, they're not like some big established dynasty. So they were clearly a little shook in their first home playoff game. And we took advantage. Now, as we talk about the next game coming up for us tomorrow, Tuesday night, I don't know. I might make a different prediction, but I think they correct a little bit.
1: It's house house money at this point, though. Oh, my God. For sure. If, yeah, you could I mean, just, if, you, if
0: someone had told you at the beginning of the series you'd take one in Memphis of the first two, you would have taken it in a heartbeat. Oh, of course. That's, I mean, that's yeah. the big
2: thing, right? You got to you split with them, and now you come back here with the chance to, yeah. to you know, win both at home, and now you're going in, you know, in good shape. So,
0: and, Jim, oh. I did like your take on the fact that they are not some big juggernaut, experienced team. This is a very inexperienced team. In mm-hmm. reality, this is going to sound like I'm saying something bad about the Wolves, but I'm not. I'm really, really pleased with the Wolves, and I think that. The hiring of Finch, even though I was a pass regime, and the way that they've constructed this roster, and the way that they've um, they've taken some kind of crappy players and turned them into pieces that work in yeah. short minutes, um, has me really feeling good about the Wolves and about Finch. Um, yeah. but, but I would say that they're, these are two teams that are in a very similar place in their growth, and I would say that Memphis has probably just done a little better job up to this series in building a very similar team to the Wolves.
1: They're, they're probably yeah, cultivating a little bit more talent. Yeah. They're just, they're a little
0: deeper that. than us. I think they play 15 guys and they like literally rotate 15 guys all season long. Like they're not were,
1: Jared Culver though. Yeah, not yeah. Jared Culver. So they,
0: <laughs> they are a very deep team. And these are two teams that, you know, if all goes well for the Wolves, these are probably two teams that will battle for in the coming years as like two of the big powers in the West. Hopefully. I mean, that's what you'd, you, You hope for. So, Uh, I do think it's fun watching John Morant, um, but I did uh, hear some interesting stats. The Wolves shoot the absolute fuck out of the ball versus uh, the Grizz for the season. In the five games, we are averaging shooting um, like 39% from three as a team. That's awesome. Who stunk in this game uh, playing against the Grizz this year is averaging shooting 46% from three. Uh, we're shooting the crap out of the ball and Jaw can't shoot against the wolves, whatever it is with the, our, the, our defenders. Uh, he doesn't shoot the ball. Well, he's a really inefficient scorer against them. And I think it's probably just the physicality of our guards. Like, especially if you look at Pat Bev and Edwards, um, they're kind of the, the kind of players that uh, Jaw doesn't want to play against. Right. Well, really well,
1: physical. Did er- you, re- Eric, you broke up. Up. Nice was that a, up. Was that a, was that a Patrick Beverly compliment. I,
0: I'm, I, on I, record. I, I... <laughs> I'm on record thinking Pat Bev is a clown for those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about. Like, I'm glad he's on our team. I'm not saying I don't. Whoa.
2: You wanted to trade him for Marcus smart or whomever else.
0: Yeah. I mean, Marcus smart is just a five years younger, better version of Pat Bev. Yeah. but I probably but,
2: would too, to be honest, but,
0: but, but, but I don't love next Pat year. Bev. Oh, and the off season. It's not that I don't love Pat. It's not that I don't want Pat Bev on our team. I just don't want to pay Pat Bev. Thirty-three year old Pat bat fourteen last year. That's really my issue. If he was making eight, I'd be pretty pleased with him. On our squad, yeah, but
1: hey, it's not your money.
0: It's not my money. It's not my. It's Not money. your
2: money. It's not. But you can't say that like you can with baseball or like your Liverpool or your you know whatever. It's like yeah. spend with here It's like well, that's taking money from someone else.
0: <laughs> it is. I I I I think that he he is important in the series because even though Morant is going to get his. I do think the Wolves are just, like, physical enough on the outside that Morant struggles to be efficient. I know he went to the free throw line a billion times in this game, um, but he's not a good shooter as it is, and he's shooting 15% from three against the Wolves on the season, which is terrible. Go
2: ahead. Jack it up, baby. uh,
1: Like, either jack it up or, like, let him have layups. Like, I don't care. Like, sure, let him get to the hoop. Let's keep all of our guys out of foul trouble. Right. Keep all mm-hmm. our all our starters on the floor for as long as Finch wants them to be there. Right. Even if the minutes start to creep up a little bit into that Thibodeau, Derrick Rose volume. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But let's not try and block every John Morant layup. Right. let, let So what? It's a it's a layup. And it, all that means is that their other shooters aren't getting in rhythm in the corner. They're not. I'm not a big believer in like the hot hand fallacy, but like he's not getting other people involved. Right. It's then it's just going to be the Jaw Morant show. Okay. So he's going to get his fine. We're going to lock down all the other four guys. And I'm probably a lot more okay with that than letting jaw, you know, drive and kick to a bunch of wide open dudes. And then they catch fire. Right. I, I don't, I don't see that strategy as winning. So I hope the wolves stay and, do exactly what they did, and somebody's probably gonna have to step up. And I'm guessing it's gonna be Delo. Like maybe Beasley has an off night, you know, they figure out a way to neutralize him. Uh, maybe Ant gets bottled up a little more, like Eric said. You know, triple J's, you yeah. know, stays on the floor a little bit longer. I'd be surprised
2: um, if Ant does what he did again. Um, I mean it's he's, just, also, like, a, such he's a also an absolute
1: fuck. fucking freak. He totally so maybe, could. I mean, nothing yeah, would surprise yeah.
2: me. We could sweep the grizzlies. And it wouldn't surprise me. We could not win another game in the series, and it wouldn't surprise me, um, which is so exciting, and it's so fun. But,
0: so um, I really do I don't away. want people to shut off our podcast, but I do think that if you're a Wolves fan, you should listen to um, the Bill Simmons podcast um, from Sunday night. It's called Part 2 the Anthony Edwards something.
1: Yeah. From the Ringer.
0: Yeah. From the ringer. So it's, I don't, I can't figure out what the name is. For some reason it won't let me see the full name, but whatever it is, it's the Anthony Edwards something. Okay, you keep talking. Two. I'll find and it. And it's for you. Um, him talking about the wolves and how exciting it is to watch the wolves. And it's him and Ryan Rossillo And they're just talking about how Edwards, the sky is the limit for him. And that's how I think we've all felt this whole time. Yeah. Um, he is obviously super raw, but he's an athlete that there just aren't really others of in the NBA He is, like, a 235-pound shooting guard who is, like, 6'5 and can jump out of the gym and has, like, a confident shot from the outside. Yeah, Uh, he can shoot. He's, like, a stocky, better athlete, Dwayne Wade, possibly. And, like, I know someone rolling their eyes and is, like, shut the hell up. What are you talking about? Dwayne Wade's a Hall of Famer. But I think Edwards is the number one pick is a bigger deal coming out of college than Wade was coming out of Marquette, even though people really liked him in a really loaded draft. So I do think that um, we might've seen something special here with Edwards and some guys just elevate their game so much come the postseason. And I think that's maybe what he's done. Like he might be telling everyone to fuck off. Whoever thought that. So do you remember like a
2: couple of years ago, Eric, what was your take with the, the rookie of the year?
0: My take on the rookie of the year was that everyone was not hugging LaMelo ball because he has cool Instagram and his dad <laughs> has a big baller brand. And he, everyone Which is his right. Instagram videos and he was like really efficient, but played so few games. And Edwards was on a trash team where Towns was hurt all year. And yep. he was forced to carry a load. He wasn't ready to carry and he wasn't a very efficient scorer, but he was so much better than LaMelo. And I I have never wavered in my belief that I would rather have Ant than LaMelo, even when I have to watch like TikTok and reels of LaMelo underhand pass from half court or some bullshit like that. Well,
2: Okay. So yeah, your take was that he was robbed and my take was that he was the better player at the time. And I think most of this year he was probably a better player. Um, Ball was, but I would not trade him because ball is at his ceiling. Like he's playing his game. He's pretty efficient. Um, He's feels like a professional, but, and the sky is the limit, dude. He is, he, his ceiling is 10 times higher than balls. Um So I wouldn't trade him either, but yeah.
1: Well, uh, then look at the, if you look at the play in game stats and while like at the end of the game, Lamelo's stats looked somewhat pleasing to the eye, right? If you just, if you just look at it, but if you were watching the game, he was firing up threes down 30 yeah. against yeah. Atlanta.
0: Yeah, twenty five points on twenty four shots.
1: Yeah, well, no, but like, and I'm saying like, and a lot. All of I'm that saying is in, if yeah. if you looked at if you just look at like, oh yeah, twenty five points and nine assists and six boards. Okay, but some of the twenty five points came when like Atlanta wasn't even like looking at him to guard him in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter when they were up thirty. So right. like, yeah, he drained a couple threes late, and so he really had like sixteen points seven boards, five assists. Like it was, it was a pretty like lackluster stat and line. Efficiently. Yep.
0: And, and it's just like versus
1: yeah. versus ant in the play in game who absolutely took the whole team on his shoulders and carried yep. us to victory.
0: He's, he's 20 years old and this moment does not seem too big for him. He actually feel, it feels like he's grasping this moment. And I can't imagine this is Towns' team anymore. And, like, I feel kind of crazy saying that because Towns is in his prime. But Ant is the fucking man, and everyone knows it. Like, (laughs) he's so electric. He's the most captivating athlete that I've heard interviewed in a long time. And he is so fearless in big moments that, I don't know, I just, I think, like. He's either
1: either completely fearless or completely naive to what's going on. And I don't know if there's a difference in his brain. Yeah.
0: I just really think like, and and I would say, listen to that podcast. They're talking about the same thing. They're just like, we're not even sure how good this guy could be. He's only 20 years old, but he shoots the absolute hell out of the ball. And he's not, he wasn't just hucking up bad shots. Like he was, he was scoring when they needed him to score. And he was taking it when it was there. And he was working it within the offense. And I think Finch deserves a lot of credit. And we didn't really get a chance to say this, but Finch did get an extension um, from the Wolves, which is great news. Uh, he's got to be one of the best up-and-coming head coaches uh, in the whole NBA. I mean, he's he seems like a really, really, really good coach for this team.
1: Uh, I also think it was very smart by the Wolves to lock up someone who has a great connection to this youngish squad. Like, young I'm not saying he's figure, Phil, yeah. I'm not saying he's Phil Jackson. He's not the Zen Master, but like, let's. He has a connection with the players. He's kind of figured it out. He knows how to get them uh motivated. And mm-hmm. you know, he has take he's completely turned around this this franchise in a season.
2: And I think I think this, the rest of the season is just let them have fun or list playoffs. Let them be the, the biggest and best scorers of, of in the league. They scored the most points all, all year. And I mean that's they got the scoring title. That's fucking awesome. Um and then off season and next year is like can we teach them to play average defense? Uh, let's yeah. find out. And then w- this team is going to be truly special, but with the same cast of characters, we're going to be better next year, which is
1: amazing. That's a I good It's teamwork. like that. It's like that dude that applied to be the, the head coach of the North Dakota football team. When his resume was like, all he had was like, Chuck, the pig skin, you know, <laughs> was like, like all it said was like, you know what we do on fourth down, Chuck, the pig skin. And I think that's what uh, Finch is like, yeah. You know what? I don't need them to play defense. I just need them to play pretty good offense right. and like average defense. And, we and if like be pretty there's successful. a possession
2: where we need defense, I'll call a timeout and I'll like draw. I'll give them yeah. very specific direction. I'll, for I'll that set it possession. up. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, love I think it for
0: that's sure. big question. And I, will, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we should enjoy this. But I think that ultimately the question is just going to be what's the parade route? No, it's like where <laughs> where 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 is going when it
2: when the parade comes to. I think June. that the,
0: the main the main question to ask is gonna be, is Russell and Edwards a a viable pairing for where Edwards yeah. is gonna go? And mm-hmm. I kind of think like I, I don't think that there was any like I think it was very intentional what kind of guard they think needs to go with Edwards. They obviously went out and made a trade to go get Pat Beverly and they were at least sniffing around in trying to upgrade Beverly and even throw in another big piece from their bench in Beasley rumored at least, and maybe McDaniels to go mm-hmm. get Marcus smart. And I don't think that this is just like, they're looking for random players. I think that they truly believe that they want a guard who doesn't need to be on the ball to be successful, who's big and can switch on defense and, Edwards can play next to them as a big physical guy and not have to take on big, tough matchups always. And yeah. he can kind of play point on offense and play off ball on defense and that they can switch a bunch. And so yeah. I think, they're I think watch for them to be really intentional this summer with what they do with the guard next to him and whether they think it can be D or not. And I think that's yeah. where the Wolves next evolution is going to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know. and you're, you're exactly right because yeah. we went we made the we made the leap from like sucking to like a pretty good team, right? And now to get from like a pretty good team to like a really good team Might is a very small yeah. It's a small move like in terms of like overall talent, but it's very difficult to identify those specific players. And I think like at the time Beasley sucked like yeah. at the trade deadline. He had no value and now I hope he goes absolutely haywire in the playoffs for two series is like shooting like 75% from three yep. and everybody and their mother is like, dude, Beasley's the hottest guy on the trade market Yeah, legal issues, Schmeagle issues don't care. Um, and we I can, don't think you know, that, I don't think we... other
2: States have prey to homes. I think we'll be all right. So yeah, we should be fine. There. That's a Minnesota so, like, thing in it.
1: I hope like he can up his trade value if McLaughlin can up, or sorry, McDaniels can up his trade value and we can like, like Eric said, like identify some of those pieces that you're able to pair that, that can fix some of the flaws or weaknesses within the squad. That'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah. And I I would say that uh, if the wolves could get through this series, not just for the fun of our fans this year, the best thing about it would be that they're, um, stat like their status going into next year would be elevated so much uh, into like the contender talk and whether that's real or not. Yeah. Um, it would be real to free agents. And Are you we thinking all...
1: LeBron and Bronny? Is that what you're, is that where you're going?
0: <laughs> we don't really have money, but it won't matter because you can sign guys to the veteran minimum. And mm-hmm. so you would get all of these guys that would consider going to the wolves if they thought that they were a contender. To take the yeah, if Ant,
2: the if Ant continues playing like this throughout and we win a series, we, we do some damage. Say it's Golden State. Maybe we don't beat Golden State, but we take them to six or seven Um, and Ant is on the rise. Then, yeah, now we look like a way more attractive place. Way more attractive than we've ever been. I mean, it's fucking cold here, dude. We got to be good in order to
1: get anybody to want to come here. I think if if we beat let's, – let's just say we beat Memphis 4-1, which would be incredible. Right, right. And then we play. We would play Golden State next, right? Mm-hmm.
2: I think, yeah. I think they're I very think so. beatable. It'd be very either United beatable or Golden State, but I think Golden State's going to win.
1: It'd be very. They'd be very beatable. Imagine making the Western Conference Finals. It'd be insane.
2: And then we could lose to the Suns, and that would be fine. Oh my God! I know we're getting so far ahead of ourselves, but that's that's what I'm going to do. I can't stop.
1: I'm imagining the parade. You're, you're
2: you're fully engorged. You're fully engorged in your wolves love. I, I, my my excitement level is just at fully engorged status. All right, guys, we're it's time go. to make our prediction.
0: All right. So let's make our guess on what's happening uh the rest of the way here. What happens in this
2: series? Well, I have Minnesota to win. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they win in six, four to two. Um I think we're gonna lose the next game, win the next two at home, close it out. In Golden, are in, uh, in Memphis for six game six. Come on!
0: No, no, game six is in Minnesota.
1: It'd be in Minnesota.
2: Yeah. Oh, because it goes one one one. Okay, right, right, right.
0: Um, which yeah. would be electric. I'm, gonna, I have to be I'm electric. gonna hope I'm wrong. I'm gonna say we lose in seven, and that might just be me protecting myself. I'm not sure.
1: That's fine. That sounds feel, like a you it sounds like you a defense. That, it's
0: it's like defense room mechanism. Room
1: so fun, so. I it's I a defense pretty, mechanism.
0: I feel pretty positive, and. Me Ooh. saying, me feeling really positive about the wolves, but saying they're going to lose in seven exactly. doesn't feel authentic. Yeah, but I'm that's, that's called we'll...
1: hedging. That's called hedging your bet, Eric. <laughs> yeah, it's a <Yeah>. <laughs> common <laughs> common practice. Um, I think what you should do is you should lay like a hundo on the Grizzlies to win the series, mm-hmm. and that way you could uh, recoup some money, uh, oh, reinvest yeah. it in the podcast, or if you lose it, you're like, <laughs> I don't fucking care. The wolves won, right? Yeah. I like that. Um, I'm gonna ride the coattails of the Jimberwolves and say Wolves in six. That game one like really showed me something, and now this is this is like the the hot hand fallacy, like to yeah. the nth degree of like, dude, the Wolves looked unbeatable, right? Um, I you think could
2: be in for a rude I, awakening tomorrow, and
1: that's fine. I think the Wolves lose, and I think Memphis is pissed off, and I think like they're kind of getting mocked nationally. Sure. I think there's, well, some, a two there's seed some
2: at home. They lost a two, they're a two seed and they lost at home.
1: No, I'm just, I think there's some, some, uh, you know, poster board material, you know, uh, in the locker room that's like, hey, you guys are kind of the laughing stock. Like nobody respects you, blah, blah, blah. I think they come out and put in an A plus performance. But I think when the Wolves come home, I think the crowd is going to be absolutely fucking electric.
2: Doing and my we part. Win, I can't we win wait.
1: We win at all our home games, and all of a sudden it's a series. Now we just got to get one more on the road, and we're good. Electric! I'm excited. Right, Wait, I- are you good? Are you going?
2: I am going. I'm going on Thursday. yep. Undecided on Saturday, but I don't know. I'll probably just go Thursday.
0: You should go both. You're. You're. These are the Jimberwolves.
2: I. I. Under, I know. We'll see. I don't know. Like, the, if there's like some cheap upper level tickets, i go. But I can't just be like dropping. You know. If the wolf I am positive if the wolves
0: are up in the series after the third game you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: for sure. <laughs> I was thinking that too. It's like this I have the busiest Saturday of all time, but obviously I'm blocking off my time to watch the game. So I might as well watch it there. What do you have? Look, dude, I got my kids are in like lacrosse and baseball. It's Correct. a whole new world now. It's horrible actually.
1: I was hoping you had to go to It'd bed be yeah, you don't. They're have. 8 and yeah. they're yeah. 8 and <laughs> 6. Last time. They're, they're eight years old and six years old. You'll see a lot of lacrosse games, but you might not see a lot of Timberwolves home playoff games.
2: That's true. Yeah. We certainly
1: haven't had the chance
2: to do that yet.
0: All right, guys. So let's move on to the other big team in Minnesota right now. That's Minnesota Wild. They are, they've clinched a playoff berth already, which is really exciting. A hundred point season, which is really exciting. And a spooky matchup with the St. Louis Blues Looms. The only problem with that is that the the Wild are good against pretty much everyone in the league at this point, except the Blues, who completely have their number. The Wild have beat them, I believe, one of, beat them in regulation one of the last 15 times they've played. Wow. And it's been like four years since they've won in St. Louis. So for whatever reason, St. Louis matches up really well with us, and it kind of sucks because the NHL playoffs, we've talked about it a million times. It's like the dumbest uh, format of all time. Dumbest. Yeah. So, this
1: would be like uh, the Warriors and the Grizzlies playing each other in the first round of the playoffs, right? If yeah. you're if you're doing an NBA comparison, which is if anybody looked at that, they'd be like, "Why would you have those two teams play right out of the gate? That's stupid. Mm-hmm.
2: Makes no sense." Oh,
0: these teams are both red hot. I think that uh, St. Louis has won nine in a row. They beat us two times in the last ten games in overtime, uh, including an absolute. Masterpiece of a game on Saturday at the same time as the Wolves. The Wild were down four to one at one point. They were down five to three late in the game. They scored two to tie before losing in overtime. Um, I do think that the, like, as excited as we are about the Wolves, I think that the Wild are more of a cup contender than the Wolves. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Dude, I don't think an eight or seven seed has ever won, maybe one time ever. In the NBA, it happens like every other year in the in the NHL. It's just like a crapshoot.
0: Yeah, it is kind of a crapshoot. So probably
2: because it's it's literally played so like all the top teams play in the first round. That cannot help. Um <laughs> and we're just getting the short end this time.
1: That's dude, I didn't even think about that. That what a great point.
2: Yeah. Sneak by play shit teams, and then you know, you just gotta go and win the finals.
1: So Eric, so are you gonna to get to like what is the what are the chances that we get home ice versus the blues? Because I think that's gonna be key.
0: So I believe that right now we're one point up on the blues. I might be making that up. Um, but we are I, one
1: point down with a game in hand. That's what
0: it is. We're one point down with a game in hand. Sounds they good. are absolutely red hot. Like as as hot as a team can be. Um, they've won nine in a row. They haven't lost oh, in ten, God. they're nine oh and one in ten, nineteen out of twenty possible points. Um, Yeah, they. it's going to be a great matchup either way. I mean, uh, we hope to host it. We have a massive home ice advantage, uh, some of the best fans in the NHL. Uh, we've been wonderful at the X, and I do think the team with home ice will probably win that series. Um, so it's going to come down to the wire. I would say right now we're probably the underdog for that spot with just how well St. Louis is playing. I mean, they're mm-hmm. the best team in hockey right now. Um, but the wild are not
1: far behind that. I mean, we've been, I I would say, I would argue the avalanche aren't that much worse off than the blues right now. They've won the same amount of games. Yeah. They're
0: they're probably the two best teams in hockey right now.
2: And uh, didn't you describe it. The the wild would have to play like the first, second and third seeds in order to get to the finals or something. Yeah.
0: So say, say that the wild finished third. Um, If everyone won, if everyone won, except the wild kept beating teams, they would have to beat the number two, the number three team, in the Blues, the number one team in the Avalanche, the number two team in Calgary, and then one of the big SAR teams from the East.
2: How so ironic is it that literally the Wolves have the same path? They have to beat the number two seed in Memphis, the number three seed in Golden State, and then the number one seed in the Suns.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's more fair
2: because yeah. the Wolves...
0: Finished in seven. Or seven. Yes, exactly. The, the That's the wild. They're like sense. fighting at the very top of the Western yeah. Conference and they're going to have to just beat all the good teams. They don't get an easy matchup. It's just it's kind of bogus. Yeah. So. The wild are yeah, totally. literally
1: in third place, technically, in the Western Conference and are going to still have to play the number three team, the number one team, and the number four team. Yeah. So it's just, which makes easy. zero sense.
0: So there was some bad wild news today as Polino tested positive for COVID. He's out for a mandatory five days is all. So he's Yeah, be... better
1: now, better now than in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So
0: he's he's out for five days, which is not ideal, but um, could have been worse. It sounds like he's symptom free at this point. So as long as he tests negative within five in five days, he's back pretty soon. It does hurt
2: our chances though, right? To get the to get that home ice because he's been huge for us. He's
0: been great. He's been a wonderful player. And then, uh, finally, Kaprizov set in lots of records. Um, he now has the most points and the most goals in the history of the Wild. He's on course to get over 100 points in a season. And for how excited everyone is about Anthony Edwards, and they should be, mm-hmm. Kaprizov is the highest ceiling youngster in Minnesota yep. sports. He's, highest
1: ceiling, and already, like, inching very close to it. He's,
0: like, arguably the best under-25 player on earth right now. I mean, he's he's – Wonderful. He's so freaking good. Um, Minnesota sports has some great young players right now. It is really fun. You think about Jefferson Edwards, right now too? Jefferson are yeah. just three of the best in, in the league.
1: Uh, did I Dude, will if, this was, if this was the 90s, we'd have our own Sports Illustrated cover of like Kaprizov and, and yeah. Jefferson, you know, like, oh, Minnesota, the new mecca of professionals. Sp- you know what I mean? Like some fluffy article like that. Yeah. Speaking of that,
0: I'm going to go back here. I know we've been talking NBA for a long time, and all of the NHL people are going to be mad at me, but I did remember that. Speaking of under twenty-five players, ESPN did their rankings of the top twenty-five under twenty-five, Hated and I'm going to I'm going to light speed it early. Triple J from Memphis at twenty-five. Oh crap! I should have like
2: pop-up ad or
0: what? Yeah, pop-up stuff. Um, subscribe. Yeah, I'll be like subscribe <laughs> yeah. to, to this right now. Right um, But it was it was. I think Edwards came in at 11. Was that right?
2: Yeah. Which he's only 20. I get it. But Ball was like six, which is, which is silly at this point.
0: Yeah. Okay. I have it. So Jaron Jackson, Triple J at 25. Tyrese Maxey from uh, Philadelphia, who scored 30-plus in his uh, playoff debut, um, or his second season, I guess, uh, is 24. John Collins from Atlanta. De'Aaron Fox from Sacramento. Jalen Green, the rookie from Houston. Uh, Tyler Hero, uh, 20 from the Heat. DeAndre Ayton, the former number one pick at 19. Uh, Jared Allen from Cleveland at 18. Desmond Bain who were playing in Memphis at 17. Miles Bridges from Charlotte in 16. Evan Mobley, uh, the top five pick this year from Cleveland in 15. Tyrese Halliburton uh, from Indiana, who got traded there this year at 14. Scotty Barnes, the fourth pick this year from Toronto at 13. Brandon Ingram, can't believe that guy's still under 25. I feel like he's been in the league for a turn. Oh, my God. Our guy Sunday. Ant Ant at eleven. He's twenty point seven years old. Um, I thought he was underrated on this list. Shea Gilgis Alexander at ten from the Thunder. Darius Garland uh, at nine from Cleveland. Bam Adebayo from the Heat at eight. He's almost twenty five. Zion Williamson. Why are we still rating this guy? Is he ever going to play again? He's no. at seven. Kate Cunningham, uh, who I'd rather have Edwards than him at six. Is that,
1: did you say he's at seven hundred pounds?
0: Yes, seven hundred. <laughs> is that? Okay. LaMelo who I'd also rather have ants is at 5, Trey Young at 4, John ja Morant at 3, Jason Tatum at 2 and Luka Doncic at number. Five.
1: So let's play yeah. a quick question. Would you rather have Trey Young or uh John ja Morant?
2: John ja Morant. <sighs> Dude, Trey Young had maybe one I mean it's one game, but his first playoff game was a a disaster. He shot like two for fucking eighteen or something. Like he, what are you
1: didn't... talking about? Last year he like carried the Hawks to. to the saying, this this year,
2: I'm saying this year, like it was not great. They okay, lost. so
1: they have them
0: four and three on the list. John ja Morant is a year younger. Um, I would rather have Trey Young, and my reason is because he shoots the ball so much better. He's almost a forty percent three point shooter, and Jaw can't shoot ball the ball at all. John ja Morant mm. is just the latest in the D Rose, Russell Westbrook type electric. of electric. Highlight, yeah, electric highlight, guy, machine. electric guy who by 32 is going to be washed up, you know, mm, like Trey, Trey Young's going to be shooting the shit out of the ball as a 36 year old still, even if he can't move also. I can't argue with him. that. Um, but yeah, Kaprizov, if we could look, he'd probably be in the under 25. He'd be in the top three. Maybe he's number one. Um, I would say he's
1: number one. Who's who's better? McDavid, as, I guess, maybe
0: he's over, no, over than that over that he's over 25 okay i wasn't sure it's like no guys like there's every one of the top scorers in the league is over 25 except how
1: old streisaitl
0: older he's like 27 or something so it's kaprizov is special um he gives me hope i know last year he struggled a little bit in the playoffs uh but a rookie in his first playoffs on a team that wasn't really deep um is tough i do think they're a better team this year and i do think like Kevin Fiala's big emergence and that um, Erickson at Greenway, Felino line has been great. Um, Ryan Hart really throwing good. Ryan
1: Hartman with 25 goals. Like Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah. Perello has been obviously really good. He had his 500th point and then two goalies were decent. I don't know. I'm not saying the wild. Good
1: Goodrow throwing in OT winners every now and again. Fine
0: yeah. by me. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to go to the, the cup. I mean, they might lose in the first round in a great series to a, another contender just because of how the the chips fall this year. Um, but I do think that that team is really good and I'm excited to see, you know, we didn't even mention Matt Boldy. They still have um, Rossi coming in. You know, there's guys in the pipeline. I think this is a, a pretty good team for the next few years. And hopefully both of them are hopefully Minnesota sports in both Minneapolis and St. Paul are, are looking good over the next couple
1: of years. The only thing I'm again, still nervous about. And I think most wild fans should be that even though you acquired Mark Andre Fleury, we're still kind of like giving up too many goals and it's difficult to play from behind uh, in the playoffs when you're consistently behind. And I'm hoping that like maybe Talbot or Flurry catches fire and they play the majority of the games and are just standing on their head. So that's my only hope. But uh, the other yeah. good news is we've got five of our last seven games are at home um, and the wild have been pretty good at home. Yeah. Um, our two road games are at Montreal who's tomorrow and they're terrible yeah. um and at Nashville, which will be a you know up f- and then like basically the rest of our schedule like Arizona's out but like Calgary and Colorado to wrap it up the regular season Good like probably like playoff uh feel to the games, you know what I mean like uh where, where, where teams are you know points kind of matter for home ice advantage so should be fun.
2: Dude, if uh, I tell you what, if the Wolves and the Wild both start to make deep runs, we're gonna have to do like Sunday, Thursday pods. I don't know. We're gonna it's gonna it's be like, like all hands emergency on podcasts. Net. Yeah. all oh, like, my breakdowns. It's all been fun. I can't wait. All right, guys. So
0: we were gonna talk some Wolves because the draft's coming up, but we'll do a draft um, deep dive next week before uh, the big day. Uh, wolves I mean, Vikings. People, what am I talking about? The Vikings. The Wolves are on my mind. Uh, the Vikings, we'll do a Vikings draft deep dive. They're at 12 in the draft, and we'll talk about maybe some of the options that they have. We'll save that for next week, but that's all the time we have. Tune into our episode later this week, our screencast. Where we tell you all the things that you need to know and all the things you need to be watching. Till then, thanks for hanging out with your friends here at the Norris Podcast.